This is Monster Manual Mash, the podcast where we talk about the monsters from the 5th edition Monster Manual Dungeons & Dragons trademarked tome. Each page is a podcast, more or less, and we talk about what they are, uh, what the game makers are trying to do with it, the history of the particular monster in, in folklore and myth and maybe previous editions, and why you should care or shouldn't, and maybe how you can do something better. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, that's that's it. Um, sometimes we come up with scenarios <laughs> involving scenarios. monsters, you know, yeah. like things that can happen. Yeah. Uh, what's the monster this 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 time? This time it's the cloaker. The cloaker. The cloaker. The cloaker is so the name is was earned. That's the first thing it says. Cloakers earned their names for the resemblance they bear to dark leathery cloaks. So they look like cloaks, so people call them cloakers. Yeah. Kind of like in The Walking Dead. And they're like, these guys are are runners because they run. They're chompers. <laughs> yeah. These are some bad chompers. These guys look like cloaks, I guess. This is um, a thing that I will keep going back to in these descriptions because I really, really disagree with it. And it's a it's a maddening piece of like history of D&D that just like got stuck and they yeah. can't let it go. And it doesn't make any sense. And this, this whole monster doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this is the beginning of the nonsense. They speak two languages. In previous editions, they had their own language. In this one, it is deep speech. Was it called Cloaker? I, I assume. I think a lot have... of the time when a creature has its own language, it just the, the language is also the name it's of the creature. It's also just their name, yeah. yeah. It's like a Pokemon language where they yeah. say their own name. Uh, yeah, well, the Pokemon were named after the sounds they make. Uh, That's my interpretation of it. That makes the most sense out of any possible theory. <laughs> yeah. Um, Doesn't explain how some of the names are puns, <laughs> but it's this is also a world then, where people send their twelve-year-old children on like endless adventures to like <laughs> make make animals fight each other. Um, a million monkeys and a million typewriters. Eventually, they're going to create a creature yeah. that just says uh, the, 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 "boy, boy." <laughs> that's that's a terrible Pokemon. Don't do that. Uh, Cloaker. Bad description. <clears throat> Looks like a dark leathery cloak. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. It, <laughs> Look at yeah, the picture. It really doesn't. It, Look it, at the picture. It um, it's a manta ray with a little turtle head. Pokey. A little turtle head. It looks like a like a um. What does it look like? Uh, what's there are uh, lamprey? Not really, because it looks more like a jack o' lantern. Like okay, a slightly yeah. rotted jack-o'-lantern. You're you know? right. Yes. I'm, there's some Stephen King adaptation where there's just floating heads that bite people mm-hmm. <laughs> that float around. I think they kind of <laughs> look like it. Yeah. Bottom of the, the Stephen yeah. King barrel. I forget if it Weren't was like... scary heads? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he does, that, he does definitely have a Halloween face. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good, like... Uh, underwater predator face, yeah. The scary teeth. It's got the orange eyes, the pale, exposed head coming out of the dark leathery top side. It's yeah, got it's, like abs. Yeah, it's got abs. It's got these weird mandibles. 
Yeah, the mandibles, which we'll get to, they they serve a purpose. Yeah, the mandibles. Um, we'll we'll talk more about the image in a bit. Let's but, just get through these descriptions. Yeah, it certainly does not look like no top of the cloak. top of the list does not look like what it says it looks like. Yeah, like any more than it doesn't look like a bat, but it doesn't look any more like a cloak than just a regular bat. Than a regular does, bat would look like right? a cloak. It's like okay, it's kind of flat. I would argue and wide. that a regular bat would look more like a cloak. Yeah, by vir- virtue of being at least a little fuzzy. And even they wrap themselves, they look like they're wearing a little cloak. Absolutely, you know, couldn't agree more. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Let's let's carry on. All right. Lurking in remote dungeons and caves. Mm-hmm. These stealthy predators wait to slay lone or injured prey stumbling through the darkness. Okay. So. And, uh. We know they earn their name. They earn their name because enough people have seen them. Yeah. And have encountered them to dub them Cloaker. Yeah. I.e. one who cloaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So this happens a lot. Many people mistake them for cloaks all the time. Yeah. But their whole, like, they're ambush predators yes. that wait in places that, like, are specifically almost always completely abandoned. Yes. And this, Looking this, like cloaks. Looking like cloaks. And this is a successful enough plan for them. There's a whole race of them. That there's, yeah. Um, they are camouflaged lurkers. Like a stingray, they are made of cartilage and muscle. So they're just cartilage and muscle. They fly through darkness and hide on dark walls like a stingray. So they have eye holes. They look like eye holes running along their back. And you can you can see it in the picture. Okay. They're supposed to look like buttons of a cloak. Do you see these little guys? Yeah, I can see that. They're supposed to be. They just look like dark little holes. Yeah. They're supposed to resemble buttons running, running along its back. It just looks like gills. It almost looks like nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah, it could be gills. could just be, like, little nostrils or something. Yeah. Uh, ivory-colored bone spurs resemble clasps, which are the mandibles you were talking about earlier. Right. Those do not look like clasps. I have never seen clasps that look like they have an elbow. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know. It attacks by revealing its pale underside and its evil-looking face. And I don't... It's just a stingray with a crazy face and some holes on its back. Yeah. Like, nothing about that suggests a cloak to me. No. No, like, like it suggests a cloak in the way that, like, you know, Orion, the constellation, suggests a human figure. Yeah. It's like, okay. Only the most, like, generous of descriptions. Yeah. Yeah. But the the thing, this wouldn't bother me so much, except it keeps... Trying to hammer in the fact that like it's 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 telling you this part looks like this part on a cloak and this part looks like another part on the cloak. Like it's really important to the identity of this monster that you think it's a cloak a little bit. Yeah, and like maybe all of this is hinging on the fact that like the picture that they're showing us doesn't look like the thing they're describing well, at all. Like not at all. <laughs> so like, but that also like makes it so that they have to really try to sell it more in the text. Yes, you know? they really have to double down. They had to double down on it yeah. one way or the other, and the picture did not deliver. So they had to double down on the, the text, or maybe they did the text first, and the person... So again, we have an illustration that yeah. shows a, a dangerous-looking creature that you might want to defend yourself against and does not show you the context or the mood of what is supposed to be happening yeah. when you encounter it. 
i.e. it looking like a cloak <laughs> on the yeah. ground or wall or something with just like a hint of its eye like looking at you or something like that, right? Yeah. You get none of that. You just get this this manta ray coming at you. So it bothers me. It bothers me a lot because it keeps telling you it's so important and why? Why does it why is it so important? Why can't it just be a flying ambush predator that looks like the way that a manta ray looks like when it's hanging out on the bottom of the ocean, you're some coral or rocks or whatever, it, it's camouflaged. Yeah. It's a perfectly good monster to use, jumping yeah. out of the, the darkness and attacking you. So it's already stealthy by looking like a manta ray. They put, as you aptly have already said before, a hat on a hat. Yeah. <laughs> by like, not only is it stealthy, it is also so stealthy that it looks like this article of clothing. Yeah. And a little bit of blood dripping down from it. Yeah. Like outside of it, you know? Yeah. Like something is like, oh, that's just like a pile of fabric. Oh, no, it's eating yeah, me. Classic uh, D&D fuck you monster. Yeah. Right? Exactly. It's like, all right, well. It's like, uh, but the thing, I think that might be, they didn't go that way because it looks too much like, um, or would take up the same idea space as the mimic. Yeah. Which is a treasure chest that actually eats you. Yeah. And I think a lot of ways, the rug of smothering. And the rug of smothering. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. So it's already, uh, it's it's ground, already trodden, and they have to come up with a different way, but they still, they want to have their cake and they want it to look like a cloak. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Maybe just so that when you kill one, you can just wear it around as a cloak. You'd have to. It's like the final, <laughs> like. You'd have to. Yeah. Like, I don't know who wouldn't. Right? Yeah, you're like, I've heard about these, these cloakies so yeah. much, I gotta get it, I gotta get mine. Yeah. Know? And then it's, maybe it's like a status symbol mm, in the Underdark that you have one. Yeah, but that's how they get you is they play dead. And then you put it on, and then you just put his mandibles around your neck. Oh wow, it's like a, it's like a double. Yeah. Double betrayal. Yeah. See, that would be fine if it was that elaborate. Yeah. But I don't think they thought about that. <laughs> no. Um, what else are they? They're opportunistic predators. Yeah. So here's something else they do. They don't just lie in wait. They also glide at a safe distance behind travelers, and they prey on the wounded after a battle or pursue weak, underdark herds. So they also just, like, chase things and pick off uh, lone, lone victims. So they're just like these little hovercrafts in the darkness behind you. Yeah. That are just waiting for someone totally to strike cool. behind. Great, That's awesome. great little image and yeah. uh, a thing to um, make your your players nervous, a little giddy. Yeah. Uh, not cloaks. No. If you said there are flying cloaks behind them, it would be still kind of alarming, but not uh, eerie as much. So, again, not important that they look like cloaks. They eat fast. While it feeds, they envelop their prey. Their tail defends them uh, while they're eating their prey, and but they rarely take a stand against dangerous foes or groups. Also, they create illusory duplicates of themselves. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, thrown in there. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, something else. They have a haunting <laughs> moan. They communicate with subsonic moans inaudible to most creatures. And at higher inten uh, intensities, it is audible and can evoke sensations of doom and or dread. So they have that. 
as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's cool. That's based on a real thing. Kinda. Like, uh, so yeah, so a frequency of 19 hertz, which is just below the range of human hearing, mm-hmm. um, does in like, uh, lab tests, they've shown that it like causes an automatic dread response. Oh. And which is the theory is because a lot of like the things that would eat people, like mm-hmm. large predators, like cats and stuff like that, they, they like a lot of their growls are so low frequency that they're inaudible. So that was like a sign of like, oh, there's something. Right. Our ears don't pick it up, but like the vibrations are like, your brain picks it up. Um, and so some horror movies have actually had a constant 19 hertz drone yeah, right. to create that. That and makes like, sense. Because it's a low frequency, it rattles things and can rattle your eyes and make you hallucinate stuff. So a lot of places where there are like very frequent ghost sightings, they find just a rattling pipe that's just causing <laughs> people to feel feelings of Super dread weird. and see like like vibrating mo- movements in the sides of I their. I don't know if that's eyes. related to uh, the brown note. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know. I think there's some there's some relation between those. There things. could be right. Yeah, there could be once or twice that 19 hertz. Yeah, thing ends up in a in a brown note situation. Yeah, I've at times tried to like play my own experiment by trying to like just finding like, a tone generator and just like letting it play at 19 hertz and just asking everybody <laughs> how they feel. <laughs> yeah, well, seeing what happens to myself, but I felt like it might be a reverse placebo thing, whereas like I know that like something is affecting me, so then it won't affect me because i'm aware of it right so you, yeah you're thinking about it so much. i was just asking my roommates if, if they felt weird um which is a, this is a shitty thing to do have you pooped yet yeah but then i realized <laughs> that like just playing it from my laptop speakers it's not going to produce right, a frequency needed, that low to be like you need a subwoofer yeah in the walls yeah and thankfully i wasn't don't have enough money to do that to your roommates yeah and like as soon as it was like i'd have to put a lot of effort into this I was like i'm not that malicious you're approaching like, that scientist yeah, level yeah I got, I got i got over it but um the uh the uh the haunting moan could in like some weird backwards version of like if you took like uh common explanations of supernatural things and and how they're correlated with each other and said like no no those are those are both still supernatural things you could have the low frequency moan thing the illusory duplicates of themselves you could connect that together with them and relate them to all kinds of creepy place phenomena hauntings yeah haunting right. stuff they could be a good haunting like a place would just seem haunted because there's a cloaker in it Okay, that's a good use of it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not restrict them to hanging out in the underdark in the caves so much yeah. and make them more like in an old abandoned mansion, more uh, possible ghost territory. And then the big reveal is that everyone thinks it's going to be like a ghost story, but it's actually this cloaker. Yeah. That's not bad. Just doing cloaker things. That's like a, it's not like a crazy reveal, but it's enough for like an experienced media an experienced group of media savvy players who think they're getting into one thing and just get something else that's not bad yeah yeah nothing wrong with that um here's here's another uh curveball though (laughs) they have cloaker conclaves they prefer isolation but sometimes convene with other cloakers for defense and information exchange what are they exchanging what are they talking about yeah are they exchanging, like, what's the most popular cloak look this season <laughs> up on the surface? And then they, like, try to match. Are the most successful cloakers the ones that look most like the most desirable fashions? 
Yeah. Because uh, I, I don't think they'd be like swapping like hunting strategies, right? Because they... Because it's they? pretty outlined. It's pretty much outlined there. I mean, maybe they have like different... Uh, maybe it all seems the same to us, but maybe they they all approach it differently. Yeah. <laughs> what if? Seems to, maybe, maybe they just... Uh, you know, they just like are swapping like trivia facts. Sure, just yeah, get, just shooting the shit. You know, yeah, yeah. They come yeah. together once in a while to get drunk after work. What if each? What if the? <laughs> this is so stupid. What if uh, the only way to get a cloak was to like kill a cloaker? So the reason <laughs> it like it works too well, and now only. They don't make cloaks on the surface anymore. Nobody makes a coat. Yeah, everybody that 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 knowledge was lost because everybody relied too much on killing these monsters. Yeah, and wearing the, them. The knowledge of coat making yeah. is gone, and now these cloakers are hunted to extinction, and they have to meet in conclaves to organize their survival. <laughs> and you got to help them. It's a twist. You got to help, <laughs> help them. Yeah, that would be the most frustrating. <laughs> game the most frustrating quest presented thing like, oh help us we're getting hunted for our cloak likeness like, what um, do you do do really? you just go convince everybody not to wear cloaks you have to like learn you have to teach them sewing i don't know you, yeah you just really double down on being charismatic and cool and start a new trend that's different than cloaks and just get everybody to be interested in something else. Yeah, like it all it, it depends. Is it are they doing it for survival or is it just like a fashion is it just like raccoon hats, coonskin hats. Yeah, that's kind of what I was picturing. Sending back to Europe or something. Yeah. So like all the the the, the gentry really yeah. want cloaker cloaks. <laughs> I'm always I'm 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 into the like weird economies of monsters, yeah. Especially if they look like a cloak. I mean, you're just begging for it, really. These conclaves, I don't know, man. They exchange, uh, yeah. So defense or exchange information about new dangers, suitable hunting grounds, or developments that might affect their habitats. So they're like they're really they're smart and social. Yeah. But they also are isolated and preferred like they prefer to be by themselves. So like it there's a lot of there are a lot of things going on here. There yeah, that seems like I don't know, that seems like kinda having your cake and eating it too. Yes. It's like they mostly hang out on their own, but also sometimes they don't. It's so confusing. Like what uh I don't know what to what advantage are all these things. Why do they have conclaves? Why is that important? Why is that a thing? And I yeah. I, I looked into it a bit. Um, their history in the game, and uh, so first of all, the A the AD and D image. Yeah. Um, they weren't in the first monster manual, but they appeared in a supplement. I forget the name of it, but the image of them is great. They look like they don't look like a cloak still, but it looks spooky. It's this weird. It's it's mostly the negative space. Of its body and then its face, its weird little ghost-looking looks more like a manta instead of this weird kind of spherical turtle head poking out of it. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Yeah, in a in a, in a lo-fi way. 
it's not bad. Um, but the, the scenario it shows up in, uh, let me see if I get this right. Uh, forget. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Did they? Uh, I really want to find this. Let's let's cut this out. Filibuster. Okay. See a whole lot of clicking. Oh yeah, there's some really good of the old version of the cloaker. There's some yeah. real good images. I like this one. Where it's the just the wizard and the warrior just trying to shoot stuff. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, it's, it's like threatening to envelop them. Yeah, it's great, and it's it's got these like big long teeth and these eyes that don't look. They're just kind of floating there, and yeah. it's like, yeah. But again, not like a cloak. So this whole no. Well, it seems like maybe it's like this is it in like beast mode. You know, like it looks more like a cloak, but like. Then you would just draw a picture of a cloak. So this is like it's and it's like, ah, I'm actually a weird monster. Yeah, so that's after you know? the reveal. Yeah, I right. like its its fingers. <laughs> it's like hands yes, on the end of its, its cloak tiny thing. Claw yeah, fingers. yeah, it's great. It's like a bat. Yeah, it's good. Um, okay, so I think I think I found it. Okay. So the the whole cloak thing is it's a leftover from its original appearance in a supplement called Secret of the Slaver's Stockade. It was... Uh, Triple alliteration. Yeah. All right. It was originally called a Tenebra Complexor. <laughs> Tenebra Complexor. That's a lot better. It, That's great. That sounds nuts. like something they would call themselves. Yes. Tenebra com- yeah. Complexor. Yeah. So... There's there's one of these Tenebra Complexors appearing as a guardian of a holding room in which the slave lords keep their newly acquired slaves to make them docile. The cloaker clings to a wall, hiding among actual cloaks and blankets, resembling a semicircular cape with a long mace-like tail, two claws at the ends of the cape. Numerous round black button-like eye spots help conclusion. When it conceals its tail and claws, it is hard to distinguish from a real cloak. It has no head, but in the middle of its belly is a mouth and two red glowing eye spots. Its rear eye spots make it so that a cloaker has no effective rear to attack. It will allow creatures, characters to enter the room and approach within range of its moaning ability. They are rare and exotic creatures that typically live far underground. How the slavers obtained one or the services of one is unknown. It's believed to be intelligent. So that's why. It's okay. they're so obsessed with making it seem like a cloak because it first appeared in a closet. Yeah, dude, this one this one cloaker pulled this one trick one yeah. time, and now all of them look exactly like cloaks, even though when they don't. This well, is a, an example, I think, of like this is the closest thing to it being a sort of uh, like fictionalized bestiary written by people that have like heard of it or what like yeah. saw it kind of one yeah. time and then think that they are authorities on it and then like make make it up yeah 
And like all of its abilities feel like tacked on things that you like do to embellish the story once it like reaches like second and third hand <laughs> versions of it. Yeah. You know, it's like, and it can, it's, it can, you know, make an illusion of itself and has a horrifying moan. And yeah. It has a whip tail. In AD&D, it could manipulate shadows and like throw shade. <laughs> Sweet. On you. Yeah. On your face. Hey, maybe all of the other cloakers uh, found out about that one that pretended to be a cloak during one of their conclaves, one of their cloaker conclaves, mm-hmm. before they were called cloakers. Cloaker con? And then they, they all thought that was a sweet idea, so they all leaned into it, and that's why they all yeah. do the cloak thing, because one of them did, and told the other ones about it. They had it. a talk at cloak con. They exchanged information at cloak and con. And they were all like, yeah. we gotta get in on this, this cloak floor. And then, uh, so, it, that, that was like... I don't know what year it was, but it was AD&D. Yeah. And then since then, they keep appearing in other supplements and getting more embellished. So I think this is it just bloat. Over time, writers yeah. took their uh, their shot at complicating and furthering the lore. Yeah. It's like feature creep, you know? Feature creep. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Creature creep. Creature creep. Creature feature creep. <laughs> That would have been a good name for this podcast as well. Oh, yeah. Creature Creep. Well. Well, it's too late now. Too late now. Monster Manual Mash is also a triple alliteration, though. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. Don't, don't add us. <laughs> the, uh, there's a, some interesting stuff going on in the actual mechanic of the, the cloaker that you really kind of, you really have to read all of this to really know how you're going to use it. And put it in a, in, a, in a game. Yeah. So it only, while attached to a creature, and you try to hit it, it will only take half damage, and it will transfer the other half to the attached creature. The idea being complicating the issue of how to get it off your friend when it's, like, stuck yeah. to your friend. Right? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like if there was a bow constrictor on you, and I was just punching the bow constrictor <laughs> to try to yeah, get it off you're you. you're going to feel a bit of that. Yeah. Uh, which is fair enough, and also, but the, the thing is, I think that is like that should almost be any creature that grabs somebody. Yeah, it should happen almost all the time when something is like grappled. Yeah, you should have a, some of your damage should be done to the thing that's also there. Yeah, but this makes it explicit in the rules. It's not just like a, a ruling that you make. This is like this is what it does. It's the same way for the rug of smothering, though, isn't it? Oh, maybe. I don't. I don't remember. Possibly that would make it. That would make sense. Yeah. But what it, what it does? The problem is because it's so codified, it also gives you the out, the way to like outsmart it or to beat it is yeah. to actually pull it off with a strength check. But what's gonna like the way this is actually gonna play out is it's a decent gimmick, but it's only really gonna work the first time. Yeah. Where, like somebody says, I'm gonna hit it. And then you have to decide how you're going to handle, like, what I imagine happening. So it's going to wrap around character A. Yeah. Uh, Duncan the dwarf, who loves dwarf times. Just wants, yeah. And then uh, wizard, the wizard man says, will I hurt my friend if I attack it to you? And then you have to say... Uh, maybe, but probably. And well, then, I would make them do like some kind of roll. 
to see if they can figure that to out see by if looking. they know or not? Okay. Yeah. They're like a perception check or something. I don't know. But then, but then they might say, okay, I'm going to attack it, but I'm going to take extra special care to try to make sure I don't hurt, uh, the, the, the dwarf. And then you have to decide, okay, am I going to like, just go with the letter of the law in this case yeah. and like not care what they said or do you have to then be like okay make a little check to see make maybe like a more difficult ac to hit yeah and then you could even you could up the stakes so that if they hit the higher ac then they will only do damage to the cloaker or if they miss it they'll do all of the damage to their their friend I, yeah, I don't know. It's tricky because like in my brain, okay, this is what the cloaker does is it wraps it around, wraps around somebody so that you can't hit the cloaker without hitting it yeah. or, you know, whatever. Um, and so like it just comes down to, I think like different people's like styles of being the, the game master. But like in my mind, because that's like the cloaker's thing. If you say like, okay, I'm going to be like extra careful not to hit my friend when I'm hitting this cloaker. That's kind of like saying there's this really wide chasm and I'm just going to be like really, I'm just going to try extra hard to make it across when I jump. Yes. And it's like, okay, well, you're still, it's going to be difficult. It still doesn't change. And like yeah. with the cloaker, it's like, oh, you know what? Like if you crit and like you get like a natural 20, yeah. then yeah, sure. You but what if, to perfectly what if they you know. say they, they grab it? And they take a blade and they like run it across the surface. If they're really right? specific about like describing how, what they're how doing, how they attack it, yeah, yeah, that is, it's going to be tricky. I think you're right. Like maybe you you find something like a little bit higher than its armor class or something. I don't know. That's I would I would. What is it? What are the, what are the stats here? Fourteen natural armor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know. I also like to reward really creative thinking. Yeah. Right? But part of me just doesn't like the cop-out of like, well, I'm just going to do this carefully. It's like, well, that doesn't... Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be more specific. Yeah. But Tell I feel me like this, this creature and the things it does are going to beg these questions from players. Yeah. So you kind of have to think how you're going to handle these things or at least be comfortable improvising them, but it's going to happen. Yeah, totally. They also, uh, they look, they have a false appearance. So the whole leathery coat thing, it explicitly says, while it remains motionless, without its underside exposed, it is indistinguishable from a dark leather coat. Indistinguishable. That okay. That is in the stat block. Yeah. There is no bones about it. Yeah. You can't even, there's no way to tell. No. Yeah. Okay. That could have presented with the art. Absolutely. <laughs> but we've, we've, Yeah. We've gone into that yeah. a little bit. <laughs> um, and then how does that play out? So there's you're like walking through a cave. Yeah. And there's a, there's a coat on the ground. And then yeah. you either are going to like, well, I'm going to shoot it. Or you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to like pick it up and go through its pockets. Yeah. And then surprise, it wraps around you and starts killing you. Yeah. Which is a great moment. Yeah. And I want to love it. But I just, I just cannot... Uh, reconcile it with uh, with what I'm looking at on this page. It's oh, way man. goofier than what this image looks like. Yeah. There's also a lot you can do with it, them being completely indistinguishable from like a cloak thing, mm-hmm. plus the fact that they have like meetings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. You just have like a cloak room, you know, just have like a the cloak room. room. Yeah. yeah. Like their chairs are like coat hangers. 
Right. And they hang themselves up. Oh my god! And that's how they relax. Is they hang themselves up. That's when they're comfortable, right? And so you find this room in this dungeon that's otherwise dingy and horrible, and it's just all these neatly hung cloaks, right? And that's really just all the cloakers being like, "Shh, they don't know we're monsters that are going to eat their face." Yeah, you know. You should, yeah. You could really lean into this and make the whole quest. You're like trying to find the the king's cloak or something. Yeah. And then you're in this place where it's like every fucking monster is a cloak. Everything is a cloak in this yeah. place. Everything is a sartorial joke for some yeah. reason, and it's my problem now. Yeah, and uh, that could be okay because then you could get more than one use out of the the gimmick. Yeah, light sensitivity, whatever. It bites and then it latches on. Oh, yeah, so the DC 16 strength check. So the whole thing about it doing half damage, the damage transfer to whatever it's holding onto, uh, instead of doing damage, you're just going to have somebody do a strength check to rip it off. And right. It's a 16. Yeah. Right in, this, right in the rules. Yeah. So it's one of those abilities that probably doesn't really work that well in actual play or turn up. Yeah. Like how things will paralyze you but only maybe and then you get to save next round yeah and it's supposed to be carrying you off to like feed on you it's like legendarily venomous creatures can paralyze you for only a split second for a split second and yeah then you're totally fine it's kind of like that like you're not gonna even if you are the most uh like information withholding game runner yeah they're gonna hit the thing, and it's gonna do half damage, and they're gonna be like, "Let's find another way." <laughs> yeah, what it does Probably. do is it like by biting somebody and wrapping itself around them. It does kind of like force the players to like go through a thing of like, "Okay, now I gotta pull How it off of you." The and like, yeah. yeah, and like even though there's a simple way out, it kind of forces the players to do that. Yeah. So like that is the time when. Uh, like if you have another monster around, it gets to do something. Yes. So if you want to be like tricky and like make the fight difficult by fighting smart, that's that kind of like it, it, it ties the players up because they have to deal with one of them being wrapped up in a cloaker for a little bit. Yeah. And it so, creates a, like a panicked situation, which is great. Yeah. And I think, um, it, it, it works best and it's kind of suggested in the text that they will pick off the weak. Yeah. Or take opportunities. So maybe like in the middle of a battle or something, it will like fly out from where it's hiding and grab yeah. someone and start suffocating yeah. them. It'll grab the, the person you're fight. trying to rescue. So you, right. And the whole point is to bring them back safe. So you can't just, you got to figure it you out. You got to do something. Yeah. Or maybe maybe it's not the person you have to rescue. Maybe it's just like, it's a party member who's like non-essential. Yeah. You don't want them to die. Yeah. But you don't necessarily want to spend the time and resources it takes to like take away from the other fight. Yeah. While it's completely like it's just trying to eat. It's not going to keep coming after you. Yeah. You can maybe spare spare guy for a little <laughs> bit. Maybe not. And that's the good <clears throat> that's the uh the the decisions you have to make in a panic situation. Yeah. And uh, additionally, something I like about it is that it um it suffocates its victim. It doesn't just like hold them. Oh, yeah. So that's a whole thing. You have to, like, look up the suffocation rules, but that's also more of a panic for the the, the player whose character yeah. is, is having that happen to it. And while it's doing that, it can attack you with its tail, which is good because most things that grab onto you don't really have a defense, but this explicitly, it can still hit you with its tail. Yeah. Um doesn't do much, 
but at least it's there. It's yeah, they're a really good monster for just like making an, any already anxious situation like way more anxious. Yeah, to turn up the dead. Like if you're trying to escape something, it's like oh no, we triggered the trap, and now the whole place is filling with poison gas. But the cloaker doesn't know that, and the cloaker's doing its thing, and it's like what? Well, that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now what do we do? Do we like yeah? You have the time management priorities. How do we handle it? Yeah, I think that's the best use for this thing. Um, with all of its its little gimmicks, yeah. Um, so it's also got the moan. If you want to do something different, so the moan, sixty feet, forces a will save, or things become frightened. Not so aberrations, though. Frightened until the end. Of, not aberrations. They don't care. Yeah, they're they're used to weird sounds. The older version, the AD and D one, could um, paralyze you, whereas frightened uh, kind of makes you. It makes it so you can't come nearer. Yeah, poker, which, and you have disadvantage if you try to attack so it. So it's more of a defense mechanism than it is a way to stun. Yeah, uh, prey. Yeah, yeah. In the original module, it's uh, they're using the cloaker to do like subsonic moaning to indoctrinate the new slaves. Yeah, who just kind of slowly lose their their like willpower and their sense of self it's like listen to the sound it forces you to look at the void now keep digging yeah yeah, yeah. so they just keep them in this room locked up with this cloaker who's hiding in a coat rack <laughs> making this subsonic noise yeah and just like slowly losing their their selves so that was the, the whole idea behind that and then this it just makes you frightened i i don't know why it's an escape mechanism so it can run away i guess if that's important, doesn't seem that important to me. What is important are the phantasms. So it creates three different, uh, or two, three duplicates. Does it say that? Yep. Yeah, three duplicates. So there's four of them, and they have um, specific rules. So bright light disperses it, so you can use bright light, and right. you can get rid of them. Any attempt to attack it results in a random roll to see which one actually gets attacked. Any attempt. So you cannot try to play, like, which cup is the ball under. Right. And, like, roll an intelligence check to, like, keep track of which one. Or you can rule to do that if you want. But it says any attempt, straight up random. I would imagine players would fight this. Probably, yeah. Mine would. They'd be like, no. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If I know this one is the real one, if they like hit it once or something, yeah. And I like look at it super yeah. hard. But then I would know. I, I would just know. Yeah. Right. I threw I yellow paint roll. on that one, oh, and that's I threw a great blue one. paint on this one. Yeah. Yeah. If they do that, then I would uh, totally. Yeah. But um, so you have to know how you're gonna handle that. But it's pretty explicit. It's interesting that creatures are immune to the illusions if they are blind or use senses other than sight. That's strange. Yeah. So they're immune to the effect, which means they don't have to roll to see which one they hit, but they still are affected by whatever blindness does to you. It gives you disadvantage or something. Right. Which means you could just close your eyes and just take a disadvantage to attack it instead of rolling. Yeah. Well, I would allow that. Yeah, but then, like, do you do you tell players that? Um, do you tell them they would be immune if they were blind. Probably, like, not unless they like really diligently sought out that kind of information. Yeah, you know, like, 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, you know, railroad them into knowing how to do that so that they would have that up their tool belt. But right. if, if, uh, if in this situation they're like, well, wait, how did it duplicate? Maybe it's some kind of illusion. If I close my eyes, does anything change? You know, if you, I don't know. They'd have to attack. You'd have to attack, have yeah. To, like, and close their eyes. Like, I feel like the, no one's going to discover this accidentally. Yeah. Well, now you know, listeners. You're not going to remember. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even remember if the, if the, if this rug of smothering. Yeah. I don't remember anything. Do that stuff. Yeah. What's podcasts? a chul? I don't know. I don't know. It's a fool. <laughs> they disappear. The, the illusions disappear after getting hit. Okay. Which means that it's just kind of like a free hit. It's like a, it's like kind of like extra armor on top. It just has like a few, it can just take a few hits before you actually get to its hit points. Yeah. Maybe. It gets like, yeah, a couple, a couple of attacks maybe don't work against it. Yeah. For a while. So that's, that's... effectively what it does. Yeah. Um, it could be a lot more fun maybe if you describe it more visually or if it becomes more of the setting. Yeah, or if you don't like, just use it as like a like a you know like a squid ink blast in a fight sort of defense thing. If yeah. you use it as like a psychological weird thing to like mess with the players, yeah, you know, it's like there's four. <laughs> there are now four cloaks in this room. <laughs> you thought there was one, but suddenly there's four. Oh jeez, you know, <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a pain in the ass monster. Yeah, Overall. it's got I like it can do a lot of stuff. It can it can do a lot of stuff that but I don't really know how it fits together in a coherent way. Not yeah, not really. The moan doesn't really work um like it's fine, but I don't it doesn't really doesn't make total sense. I think again, it's it's the creature creep uh in the forgotten realm by cloakers who call themselves wiggles. So there's a whole cloakers yeah. Everybody wants to write the next thing about the thing that already exists. I don't like every one of these monsters has a secret city somewhere. Yeah. We're telepathic and they like Yeah. Had this whole thing that like no one no one would care about. <laughs> like why would you care about this? <laughs> just so they scaled it back going forward and I think yeah. they were just like fourth edition ambush predators and then now they're here, and they've got these kind of legacy bits from... I think that's so the Conclaves, I think, is a leftover from right. Forgotten Realms and some of the suggestions made in the uh, other uh, supplements, the older ones. There is um, some notable variations. There's the Cloaker Lord, which is in the Forgotten Realms box set Menzo Berenzen. Which is the like underground evil city? I yeah. think that's the the, the, the drow, city. drow city. Yeah, the Cloaker Lord is described as a superior sub race of the Cloaker, larger and more intelligent, with a bat like form, the ability to naturally dominate a lesser Cloaker. Uh, the Cloaker Lords of Menzo Berenzen have recently come to rule their lesser brother and drawing normally solitary Cloakers together into loose raiding bands, and forcing other monsters into servitude. Uh, a cloaker lord near death can devour a cloaker, and if the cloaker lord survives a few more days, it will split apart, giving birth, quote, to a new cloaker lord and a number of baby cloakers. It's <laughs> uh, hmm. a weird life cycle yeah. thing. Seems like, so that really just means that there's like a set of cloaker lords, but the cloaker cloakers 
Those, there can be more of those. Because the only way to make another cloaker lord, to eat another cloaker, and then a couple days later it dies. And split apart. And then makes one cloaker lord. lord. (laughs) You're right. Yeah. You're totally right. There's no, they cannot multiply. That is very strange. I don't know what to do with that. I don't know either. It's not like last of a dying race. You can really make them sympathetic because they seem horrible. Yeah. There are three cloaker variants in Ravenloft. I think in like the third edition. Right. When it was a much larger uh, universe with books. There's the shadow cloaker. There's a parasite derived from the demiplane of shadow. Uh, drains the life force. You know, whatever. The resplendent cloaker is a benign symbiont. It gives off a dazzling glow and somehow feeds by healing the wounds of its host. And the undead cloaker, uh, I believe to be the undead remains of a resplendent cloaker that had its life drained away by an undead creature. Uh, people love the cloaker. Yeah. They come in a lot of flavors. I didn't realize. They really do. Oh, yeah. So in the monstrous compendium, Monsters of Faerun... So more Forgotten Realms nonsense. The Cloaker Lord is able to shift to the Plane of Shadow at will and cast spells as a powerful wizard. Oh yeah, here's the city. Ringlor Noroth. <laughs> a Cloaker city in the Underdark of the Forgotten Realms. They were established when Cloaker Lords draw the Cloakers together. Ringlor Noroth is ruled by 12 Cloaker Lords that can join their bodies together to form an orb of living shadow stuff called a Conclave of Shadows. This unity of thought helps them quickly reach consensus in decisions of governance. (laughs) Why? Was it good? Was that a good thing? I don't know. What would they need with a city? They don't have arms. I I guess they did in the older versions, but like they only have tiny little like fingers. Yeah. What would they do with a city? I don't know. Then like, how is their city designed? Like is like because they would all the doorways would just be like mail slots, right? <laughs> it would be a pain in the ass. To yeah, through. nobody else could use For it. Human. That's actually yeah. sounds like a great uh, environment to have to like travel through. Yeah, I don't know how they would even. I couldn't even sell the idea on like how they made it. it didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, unless I mean, it was built like out of an existing cavern and then just like sanded down or something. Yeah. I mean, everything in the Underdark seems to be made from, like, slaves. Yeah, I guess that's the easy answer. Above, they made but... slaves do it. They conquered people by moaning at them. Yeah. But um, I, 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 I like imagining they have, like, all these weird tools used for, like, their weird little fingers. Oh, okay. You know? And they just have their own tools. made for their own yeah. abilities. That's not the worst. That's not the worst way to think of it. But also, like, then that opens a whole weird world where there's, like, these laborer cloakers, and then there's, like, some cloaker cooks that are, like, feeding the laborer cloakers. Yeah, and it's and just, then, like, how much do you care about these cloakers? You know, and then, like, there's, like, you got into a little bit there, too. There's, like, all of the, the like, particular aspects of, like, how they govern themselves and, like, everything. It's, like, <laughs> once you turn a monster into a society, it just turns into people that are different. Yeah, it just turns into the same thing you've heard a million times. Like, it's it's kind of <laughs> neat that they roll into a big ball. Yeah. And that's how they govern. Like, that's that's great. cool. Yeah. But like, I don't know. There's just something about it that's like, it's half-baked. It's yeah. Half-baked. I like the idea of the ball lord. <laughs> that is pretty excellent. Yeah. 
Um, like your leader is just a bunch of you rolled up into a big, just pack them <laughs> together. A big mess. Yeah, that's and good. That's how you reach consensus. So I guess there's a bit of the like weird underwater creature, unknowable biology behind it. But the mm-hmm. making of a city is is very terrestrial. Mm-hmm. So I would, I might even go even weirder. You know what's weird? Our stingrays. I have. Not many, not as many lobster facts as I did, but I have some stingray right. facts. Give me some stingray facts. Stingray fact number one, no bones. So just like it says at the beginning of this entry, uh, cartilage and muscle, no bones. Yeah, no bones. It's a real thing. Stingray facts. All right, let's get another one. Stingray fact two, stingrays use a super set of senses to search for food. They have gel-filled pits across the front of their face. <laughs> called ampullae of lorenzini they allow them to pick up electrical signals from other animals when they move their eyes are on the top side of their body and their mouth and gills can be found underneath and they use their electromagnetic sense to search for prey you know what else has that sense who platypus platypus yeah that's what their bill is it's an it's an ampullae of lorenzini i don't know if it's called that thing that sounds a lot like a renaissance painter <laughs> but um that's that's platypus among all of their other weirdnesses uh they can see the they have a that sense where they the can see the electrical sense. impulses of other creatures muscle movements that's great yeah that's what the bill is so think, stingray's got it yeah yeah i think uh a creature in your D game should have a gel filled pit on its face yeah that's a good thing but like not what whatever it is that stingrays actually have just like just picture a gel filled pit just no. <laughs> just Whatever what you're picturing want. is probably weirder when, than what stingrays have, so use probably. what you're picturing. Yeah. yeah. Many stingrays like to live by themselves and only come together for breeding and migration. Stingray facts. Yeah. Yeah. Con- convents? Conclaves. Yeah. Convents. Hey. <laughs> the, the nuns. <laughs> Stingray nuns. Uh, is that what they're doing? Because I see you see commercials for like come to this uh, resort where you can pet skin st- stingrays. Mm-hmm. Is that just like that they're all coming together for? Like, is that just the stingray spot where they all do that? I guess. I mean, it would eventually be where they go. Yeah, because they're being fed there. Yeah, that's probably it. Show up. Yeah, I think some of them do it. Some of them, I don't know, have them captive, and other places they just show up because they get fed. Yeah, I got. I want to. I'd like to explore the Stingray nun a bit more. Yeah. Because I think the visual of a nun with a crazy wide hat and a Stingray kind of go together. Um, I'm not going to do it here on yeah. this podcast, but you should all think about it. Yeah. Um, the largest Stingray, the largest Stingrays and, uh, and cow nose rays, that's a thing. They never stop swimming, so they're like sharks. Yeah. And they migrate in their thousands. So they travel in herds of a thousand. These groups can reach up to 10,000 individuals and are known as a fever. A fever? A fever of stingray. That's good. That's a good collective noun. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why that's a fever, but it's, it's, it's probably bad for you. Stingrays protect themselves with venomous spines or barbs in their tail. Um, there are stingray relatives called skates who rely on thorny projections on their backs and tails. Um, and that's it for that was stingray fat corner. Yeah. A lot of the, um, 
depictions of cloakers look more like manta rays, which are relatives of stingrays. Yeah, they're like bigger. Yeah, they're bigger. And I think they're filter feeders. Yeah. I think maybe not. They kind of just fly through the ocean with their mouths open, though. So I imagine that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And they don't sting you, right? The manta rays? Yeah, I think they're pretty peaceful. Yeah. I mean, the stingrays are peaceful as well. They're they're defensive weapons. They don't hunt with them or anything. Yeah. They only murder beloved television hosts. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is like, that is not a normal thing. So, like, it's a double, it's a double, like, weird statistical oddity that A, anybody got, like, stung in the heart by a stingray, and B, it was Steve Irwin. It was beloved TV personality. It was, was, yeah. Yeah. It's got to happen to somebody. Yeah. Human beings uh, are notorious for figuring out new and exciting ways to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, when we're here to help with that, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm done with this cloaker. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's. I think it boils down to it's an. It's trying to evoke fear of ocean creatures, the yeah. surprise ambush predator thing. Yeah, um, with a bit of dungeon gimmick looking like a cloak so the the environment is is so hostile to you that it is actively trying to murder you in particular because you thought it was a coat it looks like a coat because it knows i don't know if they know but it it, i don't know if they evolved this way or or what doesn't say if they were made by a wizard or if they evolved this way i here so here's my here's my my favorite uh-huh. ridiculous theory so they call themselves clo- cloakers yeah imagine they do right and so they've existed for a long time they implanted the idea of wearing clothing like cloaks into humans oh, and humanoid yeah. things so that they could use their resemblance to a thing that they created the idea of to hunt those people they They're created like, hey the, they created the demand yeah let's let's make the, these weird things that taste good put fabric on their bodies let's make them design fabric that looks like us so that they'll put us on their so bodies so like, we can eat like them like mad men and they were devising their conclaves or yeah. like board meetings where they come up with advertising strategies yeah yeah to market the way that they look <laughs> so they've got people on the inside like uh like fashionistas yeah are being paid off by them to to be models right. and market clothes and before that everyone was just really happy wearing thick shirts yeah yeah and pants, big. They would stuff their pants and shirts with uh, insulation. Yeah, yeah. Newspapers and uh, dry wood, which is not not the best, but it's what they had. <laughs> I don't know why dry wood. Probably wool. They would stuff it with wool. Probably wool. Yeah. Uh, and they got they got around just fine until yeah. they 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 wanted more. They got greedy because of the the cloakers. Telling they needed a big shirt with an open front. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, uh, All right. It's so thin. The whole <laughs> it's such a facade, but it's like it's kind of fun, but it's also really flimsy. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Good All luck right. with that. Yeah. Well, we got a classic next next time. Oh next yeah. Next episode. Doing? Oh, good. Yeah. The cockatrice, cockatrice, the bird that stones. I yeah, we'll deal with them later. Yeah, it's actually it's like 
Ran into the basilisk episode. It's basically a cockatrice. It's yeah. It's well. So <laughs> here's what we'll do. We'll just re-release the basilisk episode, but then edit in the word chicken every right. time we say lizard. Right. <laughs> and we'll go cockatrice every time. Yeah. Basilisk. Is yeah. I don't know. We'll try to figure it out. Well, yeah. We'll make do. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's it for this yeah. episode. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you. And check your coat pockets for adventure. <laughs> <laughs>